What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Official Visit. I'm Jared. I'm here with Joe, and a huge, quick shout out to Zach Hyped Apparel. Guys, you've heard it here. You're going to hear it again. Athletic, laying around gear, what literally whatever you want to do in clothing, you can do it in Hyped Apparel. Guys, go mm-hmm. check out the show notes for 20% off code. Joe, who is on the pod today? Guys, I'm I'm pumped to get this one out. Um, today we got Will Matheson. He went to uh, Stanford. Yep, Stanford. Yep, that that high academic and high athletic school. Um, he's from Westland, Oregon. Um, and Will's a stud, like absolute stud. He made um, the American teams both his sophomore junior year before getting drafted by the Pirates. Um, he was a two way guy at Stanford. Um, I mean, this interview is filled with awesome content, guys. I mean, he talked about, you know, marketing yourself, even even for a high D1 recruit to say, hey, you got to market yourself to get the the best opportunities. I think that was that was kind of huge. I mean, Jared, I'm Jared. I know you agree, but um, guys, pumped to get this one out for you guys. Uh, Let us know what you guys think of this episode. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter um jared am i forgetting anything no all right let's go will thanks so much for coming on man how you doing doing good doing good uh you know happy to be here happy to be on with you guys awesome awesome so we usually start in uh, high school but i want to switch it up a little bit i want to start with your favorite memory from stan Favorite memory from Stanford? Yeah. So favorite baseball memory with Stanford um, has got to be my sophomore year. Um, we were heading into our last weekend of Pac-12 play, um, playing up in Washington, uh, up in Seattle at University of Washington. And we had the Pac-12 lead by, by two games over Washington and UCLA. Um, and so we're going into the weekend feeling pretty good. Just needed to get one out of three to, to win the conference. Um, and, and we end up losing the first two games. So it's like, Oh shoot, you know, now, now it's a, a win and we win the pack 12 or lose and we don't. Um, and so heading into that Sunday game, uh, kind of the pressure is kind of mounted a little bit. We went from being super relaxed to, you know, we got to win this game. Um, and kind of moral of the story is, is ninth inning. We're down, two runs. Uh, my roommate who hits right, who hit right ahead of me in the order. Um, I think got on base with a walk and then I hit a two run home run to tie the game. Um, and you know, Seattle and university of Washington, they don't have a whole lot of fans. So the, the, that aspect of the atmosphere wasn't great, but you know, with our dugout going crazy and in the heat of the moment, like almost kind of blacked out a little bit. Don't even really know what it did, you know, going around the bases and, and whatnot um so he tied the game and then later in the inning we scored a run on like a swinging bunt to go up six five and then our closer came in and closed it out and ended up winning the pack 12 and and you know that was just kind of a, a crazy moment um for me and, and for the team and definitely a memorable yeah. one that sticks out from stanford i love the uh i love the moments where we black out right those always yeah. seem to be the best ones and we can never remember them um but so now I want to go back 
Take us into your high school days. When did you first think that you wanted to start focusing on playing college ball? Was there kind of a moment that kind of sticks out to you thinking about it now where, where you knew that you could play at the next level and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So growing up, um, played as many sports as I could, you know, love sports, played a bunch of different sports. Um, but heading into high school, knew that baseball and basketball were kind of the two that I wanted to focus on. Um, and those are the two I ended up playing in high school. Um, but then after my freshman year is when I really said, okay, I'm going to focus on baseball because I think I have a future in baseball in terms of getting the, getting to play college baseball at a high level and, and hopefully professional. Um, so that fall season, which is football, soccer, um, usually I would, would have spent kind of half my time on baseball, half my time on basketball. Um, so then after that freshman year, it just turned into baseball, uh, and, and basketball just turned into like something that was fun for me to do in the season. Uh, I had a bunch of buddies playing basketball, but my main focus turned to baseball. Gotcha. And Will, I mean, you're a obviously big guy, tall guy. I mean, how, how tall were you your freshman year? What do you listed at six, seven right now? Yeah, or- I think. Just under six seven. I can't. Yeah. I can't give myself the full credit for six seven. <laughs> um, I mean, how how big were you at the time when you made that decision? I think I was around six two, um, and so you know, seeing that I was a six two kid, uh, not crazy athletic. You know, I, I figured my my chances on the basketball court at the next level weren't you know as great as right. they could be on the baseball field. Gotcha. So. Will, did you, you know, once you made that decision, did you kind of rely on, you know, just playing well on varsity? What you would you kind of do during the summers? Did you play for a summer team? Did you go to showcases? What did you do? Yeah, so I, I played on like a, a, a summer club team, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. Um, and there's also an event up in the Northwest called Baseball Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which kind of pulls together kids from Oregon, Washington, Idaho, even Montana. Um, and it's like a weekend long event where there's a bunch of college coaches and you feel like the best players in the area kind of make, make that event and play on teams and play games and, and workouts and whatnot. Um, so I did that almost every summer leading up actually probably through my high school career. Uh, and I'd say that was a, a big part in getting some exposure and getting some recognition from college coaches and, and whatnot. Well, we, we've talked with uh, a lot of guys before about kind of surrounding yourself with the best talent in your area, whether it be we've talked to NorCal kids, SoCal kids, Vegas kids, people from all over the place. And I'm actually a little bit familiar with baseball Northwest, and I know it pulls a lot of good players. Do you think that since you did that throughout high school, that that kind of gave you an idea of where you fit in, at least in your region, because uh, it's pulling from so many states. Did it give you an idea of kind of where you fit in, in the sense of how good you were, at least in your region? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, like I remember being on the same team with with Adley Rutschman, you know, mm-hmm. and and who's been a stud growing up. He was actually, I remember him being on the mound throwing like ninety three, and look at him now, he's a <laughs> the number one prospect in baseball is a catcher. And so you have kids like that. You're like, Oh, wow. Like there's some dudes out there. You kind of get a gauge for where you're at and, and competing with and against those guys, you can see 
what you need to improve on uh, and kind of gauge, you know, how good you really are. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's something touched upon a lot over our last Jerry, would you say three, four five episodes? Is, yeah. You know, we, talking to um, so many guys from, I guess, these baseball hotspots, we were talking to, I mean, he's in the Pirates organization, Bly, Bly Madris, and right. he was talking about, you know, being in Vegas, some of the best ball players, I mean, he's ever seen. Um, but, but seeing that at the high school level, um, which is huge for your development because you know exactly what you need to, you know, achieve, um, you know, where you stack up. And I think that's a huge part of, um, you know, just knowing where you're at, it's a huge part in the recruiting process, because I think a lot of parents and players have these unrealistic expectations of, you know, like, you know, I'm the best player in this area, but you know, this isn't necessarily a hot spot. So, you know, right. maybe they get big headed, but they just don't know any better. Um, and I, yeah, I just think that's a huge part of recruiting. But Will, how did you first start talking to Stanford? Was it from one of these baseball Northwest events? Um, my actually my recruiting experience with Stanford is is kind of unique. Um, so these other events kind of started conversations with other schools. Mm-hmm. But growing up, you know, I knew that that Stanford was one of the schools that you know, would be considered one of my dream schools, I guess you could say. Um, and I don't think they had ever seen me play uh, until I reached out to them, actually, and just introduced myself, told them I was interested in the school, um, asked them to take a look at me and, and whatnot. Um, and from then kind of started communicating with with Brock Un- Ungrich was his name, and he was the mm-hmm. kind of the head recruiter at the time. Um and he, he was just making sure I had good grades, you know, checking up with my coaches and, and people who knew what type of player I was. Um, but he had never actually seen me play. And then one of my high school teammates, his name is Tim Tawa. He's a year younger than me. And he actually is, is now a current baseball player at Stanford. Um, and he was also talking to Stanford at the time, kind of in the same scenario as, as I was in that coaches hadn't really seen us play but we were both in in communication with them and the head assistant coach booked a flight to Westland Oregon where Tim and I are both from um just to watch us work out because they they were talking to us but they they had never seen us play or work out or or whatnot and so Tim and I kind of ran through like an infield uh hitting I got on the mound and threw a little bit uh for the coach and I guess, you know, fortunate enough for us, he liked what he saw and ended up offering us both a spot and a scholarship to, to go to Stanford. Well, you mentioned that you reached out. Um, did you email? Did you just call them up on the spot? But then also, were was anybody like giving you advice to reach out to them uh, because you knew you wanted to go there? Yeah, so my travel coach, uh, or travel ball coach played college baseball and, and he kind of knew the ropes and my dad actually helped me out quite a bit. And, and we like found a certain number of schools that, that I was interested in and, and thought I had a chance at going to play at um, and sent personalized emails to each one of those coaches. Um, and that, that's one of the big pieces of advice that I got was make sure you're sending personalized stuff mm-hmm. rather than, mass emails and just say, Hey coach, you know, cause I'm sure that those coaches get 
tons of those emails every day. Um, so sent personalized emails. And if we could find phone numbers for them, then I would give them a call and just say, Hey, would you, would you take a look at me and in- introduce myself? Um, because, you know, chances are if I, if I didn't do that and, and kind of market myself that these coaches would have no idea who I was and, and never see me play or anything like that. Um, so I'd say that was actually a big part of, of getting some recognition and, and getting some notice was, was putting myself out there, reaching out first and then getting some, some recognition back. I guess that's just kind of interesting to me because Stanford's such a time school. Um, not that they like can, can find every top prospect in the nation, but I, I guess I just, it, just in my head, I'm like these big time schools, like they just hear of players like word of mouth. Like we talked to, to uh, coach Monty Lee, um, head coach at Clemson and he's all about word of mouth. He hears about a player. He goes, you know, asks around kind of what your coach did, like asking right. your coaches what type of player you are. Um, but I find that really interesting um, that you were still, you know, you were very good, very talented, but you still had to market yourself. Um, I think that's a huge problem in, in recruiting world right now is guys just, you know, the idea of good enough, they'll find you. And it's true to an extent, um, but you still got to uh, market yourself as best as possible. But will, what else was in those personalized emails? I mean, for the listeners or the parents and the players, you know, what type of things were you putting in those emails, specifically the one to Stanford that let them know like, Hey, like this wasn't just a mass email. Right. Um, so usually I would include, you know, what type of grades I got because with those high level schools, right. uh, those high level academic schools, grades are, are a big deal and you have to meet certain grade requirements to even get into the school. Um, and then kind of include a little bit about myself on the baseball field, not necessarily stats, but mm-hmm. maybe, you know, certain stats that, that stood out or, um, kind of stuff like that. And then what I like liked about their school or why I was interested in their school. And then I would say, I'm going to be playing in this tournament on this date at this location. Would love it if, if one of you guys are in town to, to swing by the field and just give me a look or check me out. I love that because I mean, at least back when we were all getting recruited, I mean, I feel like this was a lot of what players did to get recruited um we didn't we were kind of before the whole social media influx of of recruiting um but i loved what you what you've kind of said over the last couple of minutes i mean you talked about what you were looking for in a school you got you got that list together We, we can go into that in a little bit but that kind of narrows the amount of schools that you're going to look at realistically and i think that's huge because there's there's a ton of schools out there at a ton of different levels but there's only a select few that have exactly what you're looking for. So I think that was huge. But then I also loved how you talked about, you didn't just send an email to each of these schools. Yeah, it was personalized, but you didn't just talk about yourself. You talked about what exactly you liked about the school. Mm -hmm. And for, for everybody listening, I think that is just as important as talking about yourself because it's showing mutual interest, right? So tell, I mean, what... Like, was it just about like the area? Was it about like certain academic aspects of the school? I mean, obviously it was probably different for each school, but just kind of give an idea or a couple examples for people listening of kind of what you would include about these specific schools. 
Yeah. So, so for me, um, I mean, for a lot of kids, you're not going to know exactly what you want to study, uh, especially in high school, Mm -hmm. um, going into college. But if there are certain areas of interest, like, like say engineering and you're talking to a school that has a great engineering program, um, and that could be something you're interested in, that could definitely be a talking point. Um, because it, at the end of the day, it's, it's not all about baseball, right? You're going there to, to be a student as well. Um, and you want to make sure that, that you fit in, but the coach also wants to make sure that from, from the coaching perspective, that, that you're going to be a good fit at that school and be able to succeed on the field and off the field. Um, so, yeah, I mean, either pointing out certain programs that the school has that you could be interested in or location um, or, or whatever it may be, you know, just finding things that you legitimately could see yourself caring about or being passionate about within the school um, and trying to make those connections. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, Will, I mean, what were you looking for in a school? I mean, Stanford is at the top tier, both academics and, and athletics. I imagine academics were a huge impact on, on what you were looking for, but I mean, were there other things you're like, Hey, like, did you want to be in California? Like, would you have, um, I mean, would you, would you have gone to like an SEC school in the South? I mean, what else went into your decision um, or just like things you're looking for in schools? Uh, so personally, I wanted to stay on the West coast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just cause it's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Um, but interestingly enough, I, I didn't really want to stay in the state of Oregon. And I don't know if that was because I was tired of the, the cold rainy weather, <laughs> um, or just wanted to get away from home a little bit and meet some new people and experience something new. Um, but another thing is my parents growing up definitely instilled the, the importance of academics, um, mm-hmm. and succeeding in school and, and I wasn't like necessarily a, a super high level recruit. Um, so I, I wasn't sure if, if the, the professional baseball route would work out. And I wanted to be sure to have a solid degree to fall back on, um, you know, if the baseball thing didn't work out. And so when, when Stanford came around, uh, it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to turn down with, with the ac- academics, the athletics. Um, and there are a few other schools like that too, like, Growing up, UCLA was always a dream school of mine, um, but unfortunately wasn't, wasn't really recruited by them um, just because they, they kind of recruit whoever they want. And I think by the time I was a sophomore, they were already done with their recruiting class. I was like, oh, geez, you know, but um, no, I definitely wanted to stay on the West Coast. And, and I didn't get looked at by many SEC or kind of East Coast schools, so I didn't really have to make a decision in that aspect. But yeah. What, what else about, I mean, for those of you who have never seen the Stanford campus, uh, just do a quick Google search real quick. Um, it's freaking beautiful. If you if you don't know, but what what kind of came down to it? Was it just that perfect mix of baseball and academics? Um, was I mean, because I'm I'm sure you you had a couple of other places that you were really considering, or was it as soon as Stanford said, "Come on." it was, it was just a perfect fit. No. So I, I did have some other schools um, that were interested and that I was definitely interested in. Um, but I took a visit to Stanford. So I didn't commit until I, I went and visited because I wanted to go see the school, um, kind of see the environment, meet some of the players, meet some of the coaches. 
Um, so when I took a visit and I'm walking around campus and you run into guys like Christian McCaffrey, you know, eating, eating in the kind of the, the athlete area. Um, and then Katie Ledecky, who's a major Olympic gold medalist is walking around like, and she's going to be going to Stanford the same year I I'm going, it's like seeing the type of, of culture that, that Stanford provided and seeing the amount of special people, um, who brought their own talents and, and contributed in their own ways, kind of being around that is like, man, I want to be a part of this. Like this, this is cool. That's awesome. I mean, I've, <laughs> I can't even imagine. I mean, being from the Bay area, just looking at Stanford, you're just like, wow. But um, I mean, that, that just seems like going on that visit and those two, you're just yeah. kind of like, it, it's kind of, it's almost a no brainer. I mean, <laughs> the just the level of excellence of of two athletes from two different sports and just being a part of that that's I mean that's awesome I mean well did you did you commit like on the spot once you were once you were actually on the visit um or did was it just like all right go home think about it for a day just make sure you're making the right decision and then and then give them the yes no so I I uh toured the campus in the morning, um, you know, met, met some of the guys in the team, met some of the coaches, saw the facilities and then went to lunch with, with the head coach and the assistant coach. And, and they were kind of talking about how they wanted me to be there. And, and, you know, without even talking to either one of my parents, I just committed right on the spot. Um, just cause it, it felt like home and it felt like a place where I wanted to be for the next four years. And, and at the end of the day, it was my decision. Um, my parents were, were pushing that on me like, hey, we want the best for you. Now, this is totally up to you. We're here to help with, with guidance or, or offer advice. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is your, your life, your career. And, and, yeah, so I committed right on the spot. And, you know, it was a pretty, pretty surreal moment for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, did you feel like Stanford was a school that wanted you the most? Um. Yes and no. There, there are some other schools that that recruited me that I felt like wanted me. And there were some schools that recruited me that I feel like didn't really want me that much. Um, but, you know, the fact that, that the Stanford uh, head recruiter came and, and flew up to Western Oregon to watch two kids he'd never play or never seen play um, and offered both of us. And, you know, that kind of gave me some confidence in that he liked what he saw and he, he wanted me to be there. And, he flew to the middle of nowhere, Oregon, rain and, and, and cold to come watch, to watch us work out. Um, you know, I, I felt like they wanted me to be there and, and, you know, obviously I wanted to be there and there's a, they had a bunch of good recruits. I knew it would be a challenge going in fighting for time, but it was something I was willing to do. Guys cutting in real fast games are being played all across the country, whether it's high school, college, Big league camp is going on. Minor league camp is right around the corner, guys. Your bat knobs need some decals. Coop over at Chin Music supplies them, fully customizable. Check out the show notes for a link, a discount code. Guys, spice up your bat game. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, I got, I mean, I got another question about, you know, committing to Stanford, being such a, high academic school um when you committed did were they just like hey like you got to make sure you keep your grades up 
I mean, that's something I feel like happens in the amount of time where guys like, hey, I'm committed to this big school. Um, you know, I, I've heard stories of guys committing to a big school and then all of a sudden it falls through because they don't keep their grades up. They don't get their test scores to where they need to be. Um, how cognizant of, of that were you like, even after you committed, like, what were they saying to you? Were they just like, you got to keep your grades up. Like nothing's final until you sign the papers and we get you in. Yeah, it was, uh, it was like, Hey, you know, great. You're committed, but you're not accepted into the school yet. Right. You still got to work hard in the classroom. You still got to study up for your ACT, SAT. Um, and you still got to get good grades in, in, in the classroom. Like, just because you're committed doesn't mean you're in for sure. Um, Cause there are times when, when certain high level recruits commit to Stanford and, and they don't get into the school, like it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I still worked hard in the classroom and, and still took a pretty tough course load the rest of my junior and senior year of high school. And, and it was just cause it's, it's what I had to do. And I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure I got in and didn't want to blow that opportunity. Well, kind of in that same, same idea, once you get to Stanford, right, you still, you're still going to Stanford. I mean, kind of talk us through a little bit about, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people talk about wanting to go high academic um, and even the high athletic institutions and kind of mix the two, but give us a little bit of an insight into what it's actually like to be a student athlete at Stanford. Yeah, so at first it was definitely a little intimidating um, just because there are so many intelligent people in in all of your classes, right? And, you know, to start off freshman year, I took a bunch of the general classes just to kind of get a feel for for college life and and college classes and and get a feel for what type of major I'd like to pursue. Um, But I think like Stanford is like a lot of other universities in that you're going to have some easy classes, you're going to have some tough classes, you're going to have some classes in between. Um, and we, we had help if we needed it, right? We had a, an athletic, you know, academic center where there were tutors if we needed to go get help. And, and, and it's similar to all the other students, right? You can go to office hours, you can go visit with the TA. Um, and so once you got into the school, it was kind of up to you to decide, you know, how hard you wanted to work in the class and how, how hard you wanted to work to get good grades. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I definitely had some, some really hard classes and there's, there's times where I felt like I was in the lower percentage of in, intelligent or smart people in the classroom. Um, but you know, it's just part of the experience and I decided to embrace it. Well, my next question is if you weren't playing pro ball, what would you be doing having that degree? For, I mean, do you have your degree from Stanford? I do. I yeah. do. I mean, having that degree, what would you, what would you be doing? I mean, cause that had to be on the, I guess, part of your recruiting process. I mean, you, you already talked about that of, okay, like I still want to get a good degree if baseball doesn't work out. I mean, baseball has worked out, but what would you be doing if you, if you weren't playing ball? It's actually, it's a great question. Um, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but ideally I'd be doing something in probably the finance world or, or something with numbers. Um, just because that's what I kind of enjoyed my time at Stanford was was some finance classes and, and classes where we got to mess around with the stock market. And, and I don't know, doing something either, whether it's an investment banker, financial advisor, yeah. so, something of that sort. Um, but to be honest, it, it could be a different, completely different route if I wasn't <laughs> doing baseball. And so I don't really know. 
but for the time being, you know, just want to give baseball a, a legitimate shot, um, see how far I can make it and, and hopefully make a career out of it. But if not, you know, like I said, I, I have that Stanford degree to fall back on and, and, you know, hope to utilize that when baseball is over. Well, I think you're, I think you're up to a pretty good start with the whole baseball thing. Um, <laughs> but Will, just our, our last question we got, this has been, this has been awesome, but if you could go back, um, back to the hometown and talk to the high school kids who are just starting their recruiting process, what's the one thing that you would want to make sure that they know going forward in their recruiting process? Yeah. So I, I'd offer probably two pieces of advice. Um, one kind of baseball related and one, you know, classroom related and, um, it's a piece of advice that, that I was given as, as a younger high school kid. And, and that's to work hard in the classroom, honestly. Um, cause the better grades you get, the more, the more schools are open for you to pursue and, and get into and, and have a chance to go play at. Um, and, you know, like I said, baseball only lasts for so long and, and you want to make sure you, you have a, a good degree to fall back on if, if baseball doesn't work out. Um, and then from a baseball perspective, I just say, you know, just work hard. You know, it, it's got to be something that, that you love. You know, baseball does. I, I'd say with, with experience in college baseball and now pro ball, like, like if I didn't love baseball, I don't think I would be doing it just because of the hard work and, and the dedication it takes. Um, but to those young high school kids, man, just, just put in extra time, you know, work on your craft. Um, cause I probably saw the biggest jump in my baseball game by hitting extra on my own or taking infield reps extra on my own. Um, because you kind of figure out what you need to fix with your swing, what you need to work on in the field, what you need to improve on in the mound. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, just, just working hard, putting in extra time and, and giving yourself the best shot, you know, to, to make a career out of it. That's awesome. Two great pieces of advice. I mean, yeah, if you, if you don't love this game, it's too hard to, yeah. to continue playing it. it it's, it's legitimately too hard to keep doing it. So, um, well, thank you. This has been awesome. Um, I'm pumped that we got someone from Stanford on this podcast. Oh, yeah, appreciate it. Happy. Awesome. Thanks again.